The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. All right, how's it going, everyone? This is Cameron Fry, His Girl Friday, coming at you live from the Gate Community Church. Very soon, we will be moving into a new facility. Very exciting times for us as a body. But for the purposes of this post, it's better that I cut it here than at the house. So if you hear some noise in the background, that's I-65 traffic because we basically live right alongside it. Uh, Anywho, so this is kind of a bonus pod. A couple days ago, it wouldn't even come across my radar to talk about this, but this was something that unfolded on Thursday. I kind of carried over into Friday, and then I decided to write about it uh, Friday night. Got a post up, um, and the pod's about to be stitched to it, so you can check it out. It's called Say the Words, The Bridge Between Forgiveness and Identity. And really, this is a, a rare story time type post slash pod. But I want to use it as a pivot point for a future blog or series down the road because I really feel like the forgiveness slash identity dichotomy is so important to talk about. A lot of times we just want to get the apology, the I'm sorry over with so we can move on, kind of just dot our I's, cross our T's when it comes to conflict and resolving it, reconciling it. But really, I would encourage you, if, if whether you're on the receiving end or the, or that you're the one, whether the, you're the apologer or the apology, embrace the opportunity to get right and to reset and recalibrate. So hopefully my story today can be an encouragement in that category. I know I promised a part two in my last pod. However, I figured under the circumstances I'd delay, I'd defer. Guys, you wouldn't mind a change of pace. I'll retarget the sequel to next weekend. So, All right, going back to Thursday. I'm eating lunch with some work friends some colleagues. And I'm sitting in our conference room. There's about five or six of us. And this one person, this one lady, She asked this question and she's looking down at her food, beginning to cut into her meat as she's saying, so tell me about yourself. And I didn't know who she was really talking to, but I just, I knew in that moment I wanted to answer because there were two people in that room in particular who, you know, me and this other person who were the newest people at the company that I work with, Foundation Group, really one of two people who could chime in and answer it and As I'd find in a matter of seconds, the question was not intended for me. It was intended for someone else. But because there's no eye contact, it was an open question. At least that's how it felt. And once I realized it wasn't for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not my time yet. That's great. You know, I'll have my opportunity later on to share and hopefully talk about myself. But also I figured, you know, there's a chance that may not happen. Five minutes go by and I just feel like, what am I doing here? You know, I I do care to know more about the person across from me, my new comrade, my new partner in crime. But it's just one of those things where I wasn't in the mood to be a spectator. There's a room of five or six of us and this conversation is between two people. It needs to not stay that way. You know what I mean? And, And a lot of this is more subconscious than conscious, but it's almost like this insecurity, it's anxiety that's starting deep down and it's rising to the surface. 
I'm, I'm thinking most of us listening to this can relate in one degree or another where I want to get on this. I don't want to be a spectator on the span uh, on the sidelines. <laughs> I want to be in the game here. And uh, if not, you know, then why am I here? So, little, you know, time goes by. I'm a little embarrassed. No, no one's thinking, well, you know, what's going on with him? I'm pretty much just chowing down on my food and I'm listening. I'm trying to engage, make eye contact. I'm, I don't feel like I'm invited to this conversation, but I was already there. I was, you know, I was right there sitting in the midst of everyone from the beginning. So I'm like, okay, I have a presence here. I'm not supposed to be, you know, outside this place at the moment. So, but you know, again, the minutes go by and I'm thinking, man, I really want to plunge in and dive in here. So I decide that the first unforced tangent that comes up, I am going to carpe diem the crap out of it. I am going to chime in, you know, wait for the silence. I'm not going to cut anyone off, of course, but I'm just going to dig in. And I'm not going to get into the minutiae of the conversation, but I will say Mandisa was that tangent, that unforced tangent. And I pivot off of it and for the next five, six minutes. However long the conversation was going at that point, I pretty much double it. and eh, not double it, but I go over just by a little bit. And I'm an open book with boundaries. I'm, I know where I'm going, where I'm stopping, where I'm headed in this midday manuscript, if you will. And inside, I'm wondering what could go wrong. I just need to wrap up my say and head back to the bleachers. Get in, get out, and go home happy. It's still about the other person, but at least I was able to contribute something. So I think. And for a while, that philosophy makes sense. It lines up. I feel right about it. 18 hours go by of muted conscious. And I even, you know, when I was done, it's not like I'm like, oh, you know, back to you, so-and-so. I pitch a relay question to stitch the rabbit trail. I'm not only out at that point, but I'm beginning to feel that, you know, I'm home happy. But that was until Friday morning's 5.30 wake-up call. It was a muffled, beautiful day ringtone. You know, beautiful day by you two. Softened by the tune of left-field conviction. And deep down, that still small voice just whispers, you totally hijacked that conversation. Here I am in the twilight, you know, I beat my alarm by five, 10 minutes. It's in the five twenties. It's an unholy time frame, really, but I'm sensing that familiar echo. And I realize God is talking to me. When you go to work today, make sure you apologize to the person you cut off. I'm like, all right, God, I get it. You got it. Will do. Like my most popular slack. Hours later, I'm back in the office, a couple convos into this new rhythm, this flow of the day, when the time comes to talk to my friend and apologize. And what's really cool about this moment, as I think back on it, there was such a lack of hesitation. I almost looked forward to it. It wasn't like, I'm going to get this monkey off my back and I'll be able to carry on with the rest of the day. No, it was quite the opposite. I was Excited to be able to have this exchange, not to prove the fact that, you know, I'm, I am a sensitive guy on these matters. You know, if I cut someone off in traffic, I'm not going to feel good about it, let alone cutting someone off in a conversation or rather derailing 
a conversation. That's just something, you know, if we love one another, we're just going to own that type of thing, or at least we should. And that's why walking in conviction and repentance as a lifestyle is so important. Forgiveness on both ends of the divide. It needs to be just like breathing, like brushing teeth in the morning. We don't even think about it. It's just, you know, give and flow. And sometimes we're not going to have the immediate response, that immediate trigger, the ignition, that, that mental illumination that says, hey, I was out of line. Let me own this. Sometimes there's some latency. And that's what happened here about 18 hours worth. But God in us, the Lord so faithful to get us back on track through his spirit. And in such and in a comforting way too. It's like, hey, you know, this is going to be a good, trust me, it'll be a good thing for you to do this. That's how I felt when I got this. At first I was kind of, eh, I was kind of groggy in the morning, but the Lord so loved me in this instance. He let me in my most vulnerable point in any day or at least one of two most vulnerable points for me. And that's when I'm about to go to sleep and early when I rise before the distractions of the day start hitting. It was so clear. And I get goosebumps thinking like, hey, you know, lost in this whole story, God spoke to me. That's amazing. If God, if you're, if you're hearing this and you're like, God speaks to me too, cherish that, be thankful for it, declare it right now. Because it's something that we underestimate um, when we've been a Christian for a while, when we've serve the Lord and walk with him for a long time. The fact that we could have, it, it's not just sensitivity. It's, it's a relationship in motion where there's hearing, listening, speaking, understanding, relating, referencing, yielding, all of that. So we're talking about the times and the time comes to give the words of the time. And I say, to my friend about yesterday, I know you probably thought nothing of it, certainly didn't mean anything by it, but I just got to say, I totally hijacked that conversation yesterday, and it would have been better for me to listen than chime in out of fear of not being heard. Will you forgive me? And like butter to burnt toast, I smell the melting. This new acquaintance, this new colleague of mine, touched by the sensitivity. Wow, you're a man of God, aren't you, she says. And I respond in rather staggered fashion, uh, yes. Yes, I am a man of God. This is true. Can't argue. I'm taken aback by the situation. At this point, I'm on my heels, reeling like, I guess, a teenage pop fan in 2012, slightly stunned by this one direction. Footnote in the post so you get the joke reference. Either way, in no way did I expect the dialogue to end up here of all places. I thought she'd be cool. I knew, I figured she'd be cool with it. Like, ah, no problem. And just carry on. But she went and declared the most powerful part, component of my identity, a man of God, a son, a God. And that blew my mind because I wouldn't have heard those words had I not obeyed God to ask for forgiveness, to repent. And that is why I'm recording this. Maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, or rather I shouldn't be so surprised in summing this up, because truth is, whether we're owning a misgiving, repenting for a fault, whether it's a character issue, or just something minor, asking for forgiveness always helps us rediscover who we are. 
that potential always exists. And we may not feel up to it. We may feel like a horse being led to the water by a bride. We just want the bridle off. We're just eager to rid ourselves the yoke of apology. But as I learned this morning, or rather Friday, that you know, when this apology was taking place, there's not only grace behind and I'm sorry, but identity calibration as well. There's freedom in life, specifically in that form, identity calibration. Now, it's a term that it may exist. I don't know. It just came up to me. It may not be that commonly used, so hopefully that makes sense. But just going back to the apology one more time, some would say I had nothing to apologize about. But for me, I'm glad I had something to own. For when we own something, it only proves we've accepted what's been given in the first place. The fact that we can ask for forgiveness, the fact that we could come before the Lord and our brother and repent shows us that we've already received grace, that we've received the truth that this lifestyle of, of forgiveness and repentance is good. And we are putting ourselves in possession to know who we are with respect to our creator. Yes, we make mistakes. We are sinful. Who likes to dwell on that too long? I know I don't. But the fact that I can be reset, recalibrated, I could be refreshed, rejuvenated, all the re's come out reconciled, re-enthused, re-engaged, That is priceless stuff, people. Our identity, we're, not, we're sons or daughters of the Most High, the Alpha and Omega. We're not detached from Him. And He's, you know, the good news comes alive in this moment. The good news of the gospel. We're not ever, we're not ever cut off from that. We can be ambassadors who make mistakes, but get back on the right track. You know, we fall down seven, we get back eight, or get back up eight, I should say. At the core of receiving grace and God's freedom in life, at the core of it all is this gentle, gracious reminder that we are loved in and through weakness. Even when we're not perfect, there's at least room to be perfected. That space, that divide in between is the sweet spot of identity. We're not worthy, but God has declared us worthy. We're not righteous, again, by, by our own strength, I should say these things. But he's made us righteous. We're not good by, our, by ourselves, but we're being made good into his goodness. We're being refined each and every day. And when you ask for forgiveness, you're, you're, you're saying yes to being refined. Oh, I could go on, but I don't want to get so lost in this. But this is really powerful stuff. This story time moment here, I really hope becomes a bookmark in for our journey and then your journey as a God-fearing vocational, a, a worker who's looking to mature his or her influence. And so, yeah, as I previewed earlier in this pod, later this spring, I want to revisit this forgiveness identity relationship in greater detail. but. For now, we'll leave you with some verses we could piggyback off of for next time. So Luke has two of them. 
chapter 1, verse 76 to 78. You might note who this, who's referenced in this passage. I'll see if you can figure it out. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. Referencing John the Baptist, in case you didn't know, I just like how the knowledge of his, that phrase, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. Even before Jesus died for our sins, that was happening, and that's still happening. And that's something that we participate in, we engage in as believers when we forgive one another. Luke 7, 47, Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Fair to wonder who that might be referring to. Oh, Mary Magdalene, yes. Congratulations if you went there. And I love that story. She broke the perfume. Essentially, more than what she had, she gave. And it proves how love covers a multitude of sins. 2 Corinthians 2.10, anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ. God's presence, always with us, especially in those moments. Why? Because the cross is alive. When we lay down our rights, our entitlements, that want to be in the green, in the right, in, or rather for some people, just the fear of being wrong, outweighing the want to be right. We lay it down when we go to our brother and be like, hey, I love you so much I want to get right because God loves so me. He wants me to get right with him. And then lastly, 1 John 2, 12, I am writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Like that identity statement, that little clause in there, little children, because that is who we should see ourselves as when we ask for forgiveness. You could see yourself as sheep. I like to think of myself as a little child, and I have three of them right now. And when they say, sorry, Daddy, I light up. I, you know, this internal grin where I know they are tender, they're sincere. They may not fully understand, but they want to make things right again. They understand enough that there's something to own here. And as they mature, they'll, they'll learn this in greater measure. But the pursuit of understanding of not only what is right, but why it's right. Forgiveness opens the door to let us discover that in a whole new measure. It doesn't stop. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Till then, you got this people of God. We're rooting for you as always. Look forward to the next time we can have a discussion like this. Boy, what a joy it is to bask in the presence of the Lord, cutting these pods. Even in silence, I know that they're not received in silence, that the Lord is making noise in our hearts as he's convicting us by his spirit. May you have a wonderful week. I'm excited about, again, what lies ahead and just know we're rooting for you each and every step of the way. As I always say, Cam out, and I'll catch you on the fry. Peace.